Hello and welcome to episode 51 of the Movies in a Podshell podcast. The podcast which takes a theme and picks two films to fit that theme, but not this week. We've had a small break. We haven't released in a month. We have no John. Is the podcast falling apart? No, the podcast is going strong. We're back. This week's theme is International Women's Day and we're picking our five favourite Triple F films. What is a Triple F film and who is we? I'm joined this week by Claire. Claire, I will let you introduce yourself. Oh, okay. Well, hello, and thank you for having me. Um, I'm a film writer, curator, and programmer. I like to think of myself as an advocate for women in film, and by that I mean women in front of and behind the camera. And you will often hear me talking about the F rating, which is, well, shall I explain what the F rating is, or would you like to? Abs- no, go for it. This is your. <laughs> this is your. This is your field. Okay, okay. So it's a, a label which signifies to film fans that a film has been made with women fairly represented. And it was actually created by Holly Tarquini, who was the creative director of Film Bath Festival, which I have been a part of for a number of years now. And now, as a result of the F rating, over 100 organisations now F rate their programme. So venues like the Barbican to the, the British Independent Film Awards, Film Bath, like I mentioned, and it it signifies to film fans, like I said, that a film has been written or directed by a, a female. Um, the triple F rating is what they, they label as like their gold standard. So that means that a film has been directed and written by women and has a significant woman woman in the leading role. So it's it's got lots of benefits to it. I mean it's it's a really good like it's a good job I didn't explain that and got you to explain it because I <laughs> had nowhere near that amount of information so uh, thank god and this is why I asked you to come on uh, thank you so much for coming on um, very short notice as well um, March is a very very busy month for feminists um, so thanks for squeezing me in I know um, I've definitely been we've definitely been squeezed in so um, I do appreciate that um, and I'm sure our listeners will as well. We, like, it's really important for our podcast. Um, we, as I've said over the last few episodes as well, when we had Anna Smith on, um, it's really important for us. We've got a 45% female listeners, so it's yeah. We we often like to get um, women on the podcast to give a different perspective, um, as it's yeah, not just boys club. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome, and thank you for doing that because it's it. I think in a lot of ways, it's easier for women to talk about women in film, but we we need more people talking about it in particular men so thanks <laughs> thanks for being a part of you know the change and the systematic overhaul of this industry yeah and I th- and it's it's strange that it, we shouldn't have to be thanked it should just be like a could should just be a given that we that, that every everyone's doing this we we kind of said from day one when we when we first started the pod um that we didn't want to do like just like have like this in in film and uh, I say I guess games and stuff as well. You just see this; it's so male dominated. Just in general, like it's just it is a big boys club. So we always said we didn't want to do that. Hence why episode three we did Dirty Dancing, which is my favorite film. And I was like, let's <laughs> we're just gonna we're just gonna crack on with this. Um, so yeah. Um, and if you are wondering why John isn't here, um, as you well know, we were having some performance issues with him. Um, currently on a podcast improvement plan, he'll be. He'll be back in a few weeks, probably. Um, not sure how long he's going to be off for. Um, obviously, as you really know, he's, he's just had a child. Um, so we're giving him some time off. And so we've got some really great guests lined up. As always, we start the pod, though, just like, just like normal. And we start the pod with uh, what we've been watching. So, Claire, as you are the guest, 
Um, I'll let you go first. Can you tell us what you've been, what have you been watching? Yeah, so, well, I've, I said to you before, can I talk about TV? And I can. So I've been watching The Last so you, of Us. You can do what you want. This is, you do what you want. Like, this, there's no, no holds barred podcast. 12A rating now as well. John lets us swear a little bit. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. So I've been listening, not listening to, I've been watching The Last of Us, which is, if people don't know, a TV show um, based on a video game. I haven't played the game, but my husband has, and he's... Um, really really passionate about it and he's doing that thing where he's like oh I just really want you to like it so like almost as I'm watching it he's watching my face to like see it does she like it does she like it as much as me and I do I think it's a really really brilliant tv drama I'm terrified of it I'm really not good with horror but zombie is probably like my level of horror, horror that I can tolerate yeah but actually the the horror elements aren't as bad as I thought they were like with the zombies it's more the the threat of humans that is the scarier part of it and the relationship between Joel and Ellie and all the other characters that are sort of dipping in and out of episodes so have you been watching it I have yeah I have um I um I've also played the game uh I am I think I might be two episodes behind as of yesterday so um, I'm sick of having my heart broken. I think at this point. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with all of that. It's. Um, Do it's... you like how they've been playing with the story a little bit? Yeah, super important. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the first time we've seen that was maybe episode three, um, where we just we just had a a 45 minute slice of life moment with yeah. with a couple, and it was it was beautiful, really. And I was deeply saddened um but yeah no it's, it's it's been hbo are without a doubt for me the the the, the pinnacle of tv uh, they seem to like we've got the sopranos as well which is another one of my favorites but yeah the, the the way they've done the last of us is is it's great like i'm i'm very much enjoying every episode and usually mm-hmm. I, i'm watching it i say i'm watching it as it comes out i'm a little bit behind i don't usually do this so the fact that i am doing it, it says quite mm. a bit um and yeah for, and for you that had no idea that it well had no idea about the game because you haven't played it um it's just a great piece of tv for yeah. yeah all i knew about it i really before i started watching it was who was cast in the lead roles yeah and i i went in and was an open mind i do i do turn to my husband and say to him is it going to be a jump scare in a minute <laughs> like, i don't know i think there's going to be a zombie coming out of the floor in a minute but um yeah <laughs> apart from that i'm really really loving it but i i'm desperate to know how it ends. I am impatient. <laughs> yeah, do you know? I mean, I, I, obviously, we don't. We we have an idea of where it goes, but yeah, it's just 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 enjoy the journey. <laughs> it's not. It's not yeah. that. It's yeah. It's definitely. We're not going to feel uplifted by by any episode. By it seems <laughs> it seems that way anyway. Um, have you been watching any any more TV or any films? Yeah. So in terms of that's really the only TV I've been watching, but I have been watching a lot of films particularly romance and rom-coms I don't know why I, I it might have been because of Valentine's Day it might just be a um, coincidence I started and finished um, the before trilogy and I still feel devastated about it have you seen no I have so I own it I own it but I haven't watched it okay. yet um, okay, tell, so tell, tell us a little bit about that okay so three films each filmed nine years apart 
so it's a bit of like a filmic experiment in in that sense and that on its own is really really impressive so you've got these two people and they meet on a train in the first film it's quite a slow developing romance it's not it's not like an instant click although later on you may find out that it was but it's very very dialogue driven it's very very romantic and you don't know what's going to happen in the second film you know that they're going to see each other because it's on you know it's on the front of the yeah um poster and everything i don't want to say too much because i don't want to ruin it no 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 of course no all your listeners but the second film our our listeners this week our listeners this week Okay. <laughs> both, both of our listeners, it's all good. <laughs> okay. um, yeah, the second film, nine years on from that, they meet up again, and then the third film is the next part of their lives. I don't, I really don't want to say too much about it because I, I experienced it without any spoilers. I mean, I actually didn't try to go on Instagram like while I was watching it because I just didn't want to see anything. Yeah. Because I realised quite a lot of people post about it, even though the last film came out in the two thousands. So, but that really really stunned me I was so invested in the two of them and yeah it's just it's one of those things that just sweeps you up and the dialogue is absolutely amazing like, like yeah I can't fault it or... yeah this is Richard Linklater isn't it yeah he'd done the same thing with well a similar thing with uh, was it the film Boyhood is it was that him, yeah. was that him? Yeah, yeah that's him he's also cast Paul Mescal or Paul Mescal I don't know how your people say it no. um, in a similar long long term filming projects i think it's going to be over 20 years maybe longer um wow. i don't know a lot about the project but he's obviously into that long term development of people and and just life and like you know time as a theme yeah reminds so me of, <laughs> sorry it reminds <laughs> me of that do you remember that uh, youtube video of the of the guys like i took a picture of myself every day for 7 oh years God, and it's got the yeah. it's yes yeah, it's, it's one of the that, that's one of the saddest things i've ever seen could you just see a man yeah, just, I guess, break, break down over the course of seven years. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, there's, there's someone that, yeah, there's someone that did it from a really young age up until 18. Yeah. Have you seen that one as well? No, do you see him, like, get slowly, he starts off really happy, like, ready for life, you, and he just gets yeah. slowly sadder. You, you see his, pu- like, him go through puberty because his face, you know, his, his, the shape of his face changes, the spots come out, then they go yeah. away again, then his hair recedes and it grows and he gets a beard. It's, Yeah passing of time depressing um um, and besides that i watched enough said the other night um a rom-com with julia dreyfus yeah julia Julia louis dreyfus from from seinfeld yeah 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 um enjoyed that um wasn't my favorite but it was one of the triple f rated films i wanted to see and I watched In the Cut, which is a Jane, um, Jane Campion film, which I'm in the middle of writing about, hoping to post about it tomorrow. It was very misunderstood when it first was released, early 2000s, because it's it's basically like an erotic thriller, which is a genre you don't really hear too much about. I think it's like quite um, like edgy, tricky territory to get right. Yeah. Um, but starring Meg Ryan, who was known for rom like traditional rom-coms at the time, and I think she was trying to step outside of that um, typecasting. And the last one I was going to mention was Tuesday, which is a short film by um, Charlotte Wells, who directed After Sun. Brilliant. Um, just wanted to see what she did before that, and I would massively recommend watching it. It's on Mubi. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> You're very welcome. <laughs> um, cool. Uh, it's funny because the what I've been watching is 
Very different. What have you been watching? Uh, very different to what you've been watching. <laughs> Obviously, I've been watching The Last of Us. We're not going to talk about that again. Yeah. Um, I did see. Right. Let's. I'll just pick a few from here. So I did watch uh, M Night Shyamalan's uh, new one, Knock at the Cabin. Mm. I feel like that has been doing the rounds. Have you seen it? No. Okay. Um, it's basically just these. This couple are uh, vacationing at a, a cabin, and they're they've got a daughter, and they're just held hostage by four armed strangers and basically if if one of the couple doesn't one of the family members doesn't kill one of them like sacrifice Mm. then the world will end um i the the entire world yeah 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 (laughs) yeah like their their personal world or the whole world yeah yeah the whole world yeah it's it's big time yeah um (laughs) so i mean as always a bit of hammy dialogue um which we (laughs) expect from m night Shyamalan nowadays um batista's dave batista's brilliant in it and what his best performance really like I'm, I'm quite enjoying everything I see him in now um, he's transitioned really well from WWE which is hilarious <laughs> um, I think I, th- I think I mean for me like the, the film can be interpreted in many different ways the four the four p- strangers could be interpreted as in a religious way um, I won't say too much um, I did like I, I preferred the ending of old um, mm. I'm probably one of the few that actually liked old as well. Um, but yeah, it's, it's good. It's definitely worth a watch. I, I, yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, what I didn't enjoy though, and what I actually hated was, uh, glass onion, a knives out mystery. Um, I, I did watch that. Yeah. So two hours and 20 minutes, um, <laughs> star studded cast. Um, and it was, I felt like it was kind of aimed at like, I don't know, a TikTok audience. Cause I, there was some of it I didn't really get. Like it's beautifully shot. Like the production value is off the charts. I the location, well, the set and everything as well, incredible. It, yeah, it, brilliant. Um, I found it. I thought it was dreadful. Um, some of the uh, performances. <laughs> Did you like the first film. Yeah, the first ones. First ones. Again, I don't think I was just quite as high on it as everyone else. I do like a mystery, but mm. I think it was it was really good. Really good, quite good is probably what I'd what I'd say. It was alright. Um, yeah, I thought the plot of this was preposterous. <laughs> like, um, it's I felt like it was just it escalated, but in a really silly way, again and again and again, um, and expected you to just believe it. Um, and the mystery wasn't for me; it just wasn't worth it. Uh, so yeah, it was a bit of a shame. Really, I was I was quite let down. Uh, what did you think of it? Well, I, I saw it when it first came out. Did it come out around Christmas time? Or New yeah, Year's? I think so. Yeah, yeah. So I saw the menu around that time as well. And I keep confusing the two because t- <laughs> I think the two groups of people in both of those films kind of get on a boat and go to a remote island where someone rich is doing something weird. Yeah. <laughs> so, I yeah, I thought it was pretty entertaining. Yeah. Pretty forgettable. Like, I, I wouldn't go back and watch it again. Yeah. I mean... <sighs> Yeah, exactly. I, I definitely won't be going back and watching it again. I think um, Daniel Craig is really thriving in that role, though. I think they could they could continue with him in that role for quite a long time. They just need the right writing team yeah. to keep it exciting. Now, I think they're going to. I think they're they're definitely going to be yeah continuing with this for a while. I, I had a couple mm. of interviews with Ryan Johnson, and they want to make it a, a big franchise. And um, I would choose a Midsummer Murders episode <laughs> oh, over this to be honest um, <laughs> well um right two more films to talk about then quickly yeah. um i watched the oxbow incident 
which is a 1942 film by William Wellman. Uh, this Ooh. is it's really good. Like it's almost like a one location kind of. Um, I would say it's like maybe similar to like Twelve Angry Men in a way, like a court, mm. not a courtroom, but they're they're outside basically deciding the fate of these people that have um, they think they think have killed one of the local sheriffs. Um, okay. It's it's great, and it's for for a film made back then. It's uh, really interesting. Some really interesting themes. Um, so I would really recommend that. Um, that is actually available on the Arrow Academy. So if you want to go get a Blu-ray, that's good for any listeners out there. And then, cool. do you know what's really weird? Like, I, I was desperate to watch Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> what, the first one? Yeah, so I did. Um, I was Have seeing... you seen it before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I haven't, but I haven't seen it probably since maybe like, I would say maybe like 2009. So... Um, I it's obviously Michael Bay. Um, I'd it's I'd I'd seen so many of these like little things that people were doing on the internet where they would they were showing the end of a film, then it was showing the Lincoln Park music. Uh, <laughs> so I was I was just desperate to watch it. I it, it was it's good it's good it's just big robots fighting. So what more do you want? It's yeah, Bayhem. Um, at its best. <laughs> Bayhem, I've never heard that. <laughs> yeah, well, it's uh, yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. I don't think I'm the first person to coin that. Coin that, to be honest. I've, oh, I've probably... I wish you were. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, yeah. I've heard it somewhere else. Um, anyway, that's what we've been watching. So what we are going to do is we're going to do something. I say something a little bit different. Um, we are doing something a little bit different because usually we'll choose a theme. Today um, we're going to be releasing this um, on the eighth of March, um, twenty twenty-three. If you're listening way ahead in the future and you've come back to some old episodes who knows um we're actually gonna be doing our top five triple f features um and so with that we we i I kind of was going to do like our actual top five like five down to one but instead i've got an order it's not in any particular order so we're gonna take turns in choosing a film um so there's gonna be 10 in total well there might not be 10 in total if we've got a couple of double ups <laughs> i've actually tried to I've, I've tried to do what i normally do with john and choose a few films that maybe that maybe claire wouldn't have chosen i, I don't i had no idea what, what claire would have chosen to be honest that, but there was one i did yeah. specifically keep off my list and it would have been number one so I've... i think mine would have been we would have had the same number one and we had the same idea okay but like I have mentioned to you, I found it really difficult to choose just five. And, you know, I want to I want to put out there the best recommendations I can. So I decided to go with English speaking films this time. And then my suggestion was that we do another episode that were non-English language. And I know you have some that are non-English language, but just for me, it was a good way to, you know, whittle down my list a little bit. Yep. And, and... <laughs> that's i mean you and i'm dead excited that you you had asked to cut you you had mentioned this before we started recording so yeah if you still feel like that by the end of this episode <laughs> then then happy days if you never see or hear claire again on our on the podcast it's because she doesn't want to come on because she's had her fill um anyway right we're, we're <laughs> right we're gonna so in that case then we're gonna start with uh with you because you're the guest okay. um so what what film in no particular order have you chosen yeah. for your triple f okay my first film is a film called queen of glory and it's a film that i watched as a programmer for film bath and i was quite passionate about it being on the program because well, it does a lot of things. First of all, it's directed by someone called Nana Mensa. Um, that's N-A-N-A-M-E-N-S-A-H for anyone that wants to, to Google her. And it's not only her directorial debut, 
which in itself is impressive that this is her first feature film. She also wrote it and stars in it. And I just think that being able to do all of that and for the end product to not be a complete mess is just amazing. I know sometimes, you know, if you want complete control over something, that's the way to do it. But I think that she has a very unique storytelling voice. Um, She finds humour in really unusual places. And she shows us in this film what it's like to experience life in the Bronx as a Ghanaian American. And there are some characters in it and places in it that you are, well, you will get very attached to them by the final act of the film. And it's it's about, well, you just see life through the lens of this woman who is struggling to come to terms with the fact that she she has some a big a big event in her life and she has to to deal with it on her own. And then deal with all the people that come come along with that. But I, yeah, I just think that it's a really impressive film, and people should watch it and they should listen to her when she does talks and things because she's doing Q and A's for it still on the festival circuit, I think. Um, so that's my first recommendation. Queen of Glory. There we go. Yeah. Twenty twenty one. I hadn't heard of it actually, so um, <laughs> it will it will also be going on my own list. Um, <laughs> lovely. Okay. Oh, sorry. No, no, carry on. I was going to say, it's set in New York, but it feels very British. And right. I can't, I think it might be just the tone and the the humour in it, but there was something about it that made it feel very comforting, obviously, because I'm British, but I just felt like, oh, I, I can imagine watching this, you know, on BBC iPlayer. And I don't mean that as a bad thing at all, but it just felt, I just liked the tone. It felt very familiar, even though she's a, she's new on the scene. Brilliant. And directorial debut. And this is actually streaming on Prime Video. So Amazon Prime Video, if you're in the UK at the moment, so um, you can actually oh, go and stream it. That. So so I will yeah. do. Um, so yeah, so anything that's streaming, I'm, I'll, I'll try and tell you where it is at, at the uh, as we go along. Okay, then. So for my um, for my first one, I'm going to mention, I'm going to mix up the list a little bit. Um, I'm going to go with uh, The Edge of Seventeen. Um this is a 2016 film. A lot of people will know this. A lot of people know that I absolutely love this um, so much. Um, we actually covered it in episode 34. And um, this is written and directed by Kelly Fremen Craig, um, who is just has the sharpest pen. Um, she is so. This is about two high school girls that are best friends. Um, one of them it's starring Haley Haley Steinfeld. One of them is dating <clears throat> the other one. Starts to date the other one's older brother, and so they they kind of fall out over this and it's just kind of, uh, it's a high school drama. Uh, it stars Woody Harrelson who, again, his, his chemistry with Hayley Steinfeld is, is so fun to watch. Um, the writing's really sharp. It's, it's angsty, it's snarky. Um, but it just feels really honest as well. Um, it just feels like a, it's a really honest depiction of, I guess, high school and, and how we feel like it. The, the tone reminded me a little bit of the perks of being a wallflower in, in that, kind of they're two films that are really like they just weigh heavy on you like even though edge of 17 is so funny in places it's 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 a hard watch also in places um kelly Freeman craig i so i've i was i've been desperate to get her on the podcast as well um she hasn't she hasn't directed any films since this however she does have a film coming out this year called um, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, which she's yeah. also written and directed as well. So I'm, this is one of my most highly anticipated for the year. <laughs> I'm super excited and I'm so glad she's back. Um, so yeah, this is this is my pe- first pick. And if you want to go listen to it, episode 34, and I'll talk about it properly, maybe. 
Hmm. That yeah, the film that she has coming out, the one about is it Yes God, it's me Margaret. I can't remember the exact title, but that's based on a book, I think, which was like a bestseller when it came out. Okay. So I think to a lot of older people, particularly women, they might be going to see that to see, you know, this book that I enjoyed during my teen years. Is it gonna be faithfully adapted? Yeah, well, yeah. I, I I'm really I'm so excited. She, like, I, I really am. Um, it reminds me, like, I, th- I think it's going to, Edge of 17, I think people are going to look back on this in, I don't know, maybe another 10 years. It's, and it's, it's a modern classic for me. Like, it's mm. up there with, like, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Um, so, yeah, ex- uh, excited. Yeah. Next one for you, then. <laughs> okay, my next one. Okay, I'm going to dive in. <laughs> um, so, my next film is Clueless. And I know you haven't picked it. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't picked it. I haven't picked it on purpose. Okay, I did put it in my my triple F rated Instagram post the other day. So well spotted. But it. I think it must have been one of the first teen films I saw when when I was a teenager. Yeah, it would have been when I was a teenager. And at the time, I wouldn't have even been paying attention to, you know, who it was written by or who directed it. Yeah. But I just remember just like the immense feeling of joy I found myself feeling when I was watching it. So written and directed um, by Amy Heckerling, starring Alicia Silverstone and Stacey Dash. Um, and the wider cast, amazing as well. Um, it's based on Jane Austen's Emma, apparently, or some yeah. people believe it is. I don't know if Amy Heckling has ever come out and actually said that. But the storyline itself, I think, is... Is, is fun and you know takes you on a journey it's not too predictable I guess there's always going to be some familiarity with, with that genre but I think it is one of the most original sort of teen comedies um, still today it has an amazing soundtrack the costumes in it well they, they are parodied um, pastiched still to this day um, and the screenplay is just awesome and it's it's got this you'll probably notice in my picks there's this theme of girlhood that comes out in it but there's the character played by Brittany Murphy who joins a new school and she's sort of taken taken on by by Cher as a project which sounds really horrible but she's she's doing it out of kindness um she wants her to you know be her best self I guess is the cheesiest way of putting it but I, I love a film with a glow up and it has one of the best glow up scenes in it ever. Um, and yeah, it's about, it's more about friendship, I'd say, than anything else. And I, I just love that about it. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's wonderful. And it's, it's so funny. Um, yeah. And there's so many, so many one-liners. Um, Amy Hecklin, again, like she, she yes. Yeah, as she, if, like yeah, as yeah. if has been, <laughs> you know, that's just the word that I think of when I think of Clueless. <laughs> yeah, I think I th- it's, it's bizarre because you, when you look at, if you watch Clueless and then you watch Mean Girls, for example, you realise how much Mean Girls takes from Clueless in just in overall. And, and, and actually, Clueless takes from a film called Heathers, which is, um, yeah. like, it, it's, it's crazy to see the evolution. I do think Clueless stands out the most in terms of just how different it is and, and, the, the writing like it's yeah it's mm. again one of my favorites and I, I purposefully kept it off the list uh, <laughs> oh, thank you <laughs> no that's, <laughs> that's also streaming on prime video at the moment um it? yeah it is right can, now clueless is one of those films you know if i'm feeling in any way down or if i'm just having one of those days where i really just can't pick what i want to watch 
it is one of my go-tos. Yeah, 90 minutes and, as well. Like, Yeah, it's like, it's the perfect film, really. Do you know, I've never written about it because I don't feel like I can do it justice. <laughs> it's one of those films that I just think is a bit untouchable in that sense. And I don't want to because I feel like I'm just going to leave it. I just want to enjoy it. I don't want to analyse it too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's great. And I, I, we also did that on the podcast a few episodes back. So if you were want to hear our silly views on that as well um <laughs> go for it um right then so what have we got then so i'm gonna go next then for saint maud so saint maud from 2019 directed mm-hmm. and written by rose glass um so this is another so we mentioned um a great debut i've got loads of i've got re- some really good debuts on here directorial mm-hmm. debuts and, and do you know what the one thing i've noticed is that the, a lot of these films are from like 2014 onwards to today um i have picked i have picked one from from much earlier on but i guess it kind of does demonstrate we i could have do you know what i could have picked loads from the last probably two years this year's been a great oh, year yeah, as well definitely. well last year just just has been a great yeah brilliant yeah. um and i guess that does show some positive change um so yeah anyway saint maud directed and written by rose glass um really exciting debut um it's it's billed as a horror like a chiller um i wouldn't say there was many um so claire you mentioned earlier on that uh you you were a bit like scared of the specific parts of oh, the last yeah, of us for someone for some, <laughs> i would i would recommend this i, I would say it's, it's not that it's not that scary there's no jump scares it's more of a like psychological um religious um film so we've got morphid clark um who's like a private carer to um, Amanda. Um, Amanda was a dancer and has fallen ill and is basically aware that she's going to die. Um, she's on um, kind of like end of life care. Um, so Maud's looking after her. She's doing like the cooking, she's doing the cleaning, uh, that kind of thing. Um, and she f- basically, Maud finds God um, and is convinced that she is there to save Amanda's soul. Um, <laughs> this, this is her purpose on, on earth. Um, less than 90 minutes it's as, as we know on the podcast anything that's 90 minutes is the perfect length of a film um but this this film is really it touches on loneliness um it's a it's very quiet in places like it uses the the absence of sound really well mm. um the performances are are really good it's it's intimate um really tender in places the ending is blinking you'll miss it um it reminds me of <laughs> carrie in a lot of ways um in the Carrie terrified me. So in so <laughs> only in the way uh, Morphid <laughs> Clark plays her part, like Sissy Spacek. So um, mm. she's very like she shows like a lot of vulnerability, like she's naive, um, which uh, it, that's probably my favourite part of of Carrie is the way Sissy Spacek kind of plays plays Carrie. Um, so yeah, no. I, so I, I I watched this at a secret screening in, in 2019, and I was so glad I did because it's it's wonderful. <laughs> I'm really excited to see what Rose Glass does does next um so yeah that's that is my not number four but the number four i guess (laughs) (laughs) okay my next one go for it okay so my next film on my list is and obviously this is in no particular order although i think i have put my first one in the number one spot but all of these are like changeable anyway my next film is ladybird excellent it's not on my list no okay um okay i love it but it's not on my list and i i did go backwards and forwards on whether i should include it because i think it's a really obvious choice but then i think maybe it just seems like an obvious choice to me because i live in this space where lots of people talk about films all the time and like the people that i know are very aware of it but i think that it's 
still worth mentioning and it's, it's quite a special film to me in many ways. Um, it's the first film that I reviewed for Miss Onsen. Actually, I don't think I mentioned that I write reviews. Maybe you haven't, but we'll, we'll make sure everyone <laughs> everyone's going to know. <laughs> yeah, so it was the first film that I reviewed for Miss Onsen and I think it's still one of my best reviews because it's just so concise and I knew exactly what I wanted to say about it and also at the time I was an English teacher so I was like properly in the writing zone um, but it was also number two in the, the um, best films directed by women list that was compiled by our online community in 2021 so it is super super popular among film lovers and people that know the film and it seems obvious but I think that by making this film um Director and writer Greta Gerwig has done a lot for women in film. I think she's shown how original coming-of-age stories can be, how how different they can be for girls. The experience of being a girl and going from, I guess, being a teenager into adulthood, the relationship between the main character, Lady Bird, and her mother, I thought was really really interesting dynamic and yeah I just it was one of those films I know it sounds really cliche but it's one of those films where I felt quite seen in it even though it's you know in America and it's I'm very far removed from northern California but do you know what I mean yeah no no for sure and and I think that um well two points one I I think we often lose sight of like well me me particularly lose sight of that Lady Bird you say it's an obvious choice um the idea for this podcast is that yeah like any any anyone can listen and we're so mm-hmm. i'm so immersed and we're so immersed in in film we we probably see it as an obvious choice but maybe but many people wouldn't have seen this i would I, yeah. I imagine this is a really really severely underseen film is it basically yeah. an independent film right um i don't know is I, it a bit I, bigger I, like but i guess it's like middling isn't it yeah like low to middle budget in terms of yeah standards but I just think that anyone that feels in any way an outcast or feels like they stick out a bit within their, mm-hmm. their friendship group or in school or wherever they are, this film will really speak to them. And, yeah, I just think... Yeah. yeah I think I've spoken to you before about, um, like, hating your hometown. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> and, definitely. Yeah. And, like, she hates where she comes from and it's, like, that love-hate bond that you have with where you come from. Like, you just want to get out of it. And then I think when you do leave where you've grown up you realize oh actually there are these little things about it that I really appreciate and I will miss not not being close to to them yeah so there are so many interesting little observations about being a teenager being a young woman and just just hardships as well um young people face and I just think there's so much to it to love that if yeah. you haven't seen it I can't yeah I miss that I miss the um I miss the feeling of you know when you are a kid you you relate to things way more than than you do now I guess as an adult because mm. it's that it's that that time in your life the really confusing time in your life where you do like for me it was like you mentioned like you felt seen like and that, that's kind of what I was going to say like yeah. I I did the same when I when I watched stuff like the breakfast club it's like mm. not necessarily feel seen but you they, there's there's like they've got their specific characters specific stereotypes there and yeah. everyone can find themselves a little bit in one of them and and yeah it's 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 um hmm i like that mm. um right then <laughs> so um right we've got one then so we've got 
The Love Witch. Ooh. Do you have this on your list? No. <laughs> okay. So we've got The Love Witch. Uh, it's from 2016. Right, here we go. This is crazy. So it's directed by Annabella. It's written by Annabella. It's produced, <laughs> edited. She's the production designer. She's the composer. And she does the costumes. It's what a woman. Honestly. Annabella. Yeah, there you go. So um, this is... Uh, oh, it's such a fun film. Right. Um, if a little too long, if I was to give it one criticism, um, Elaine, played by Samantha Robinson. So she is a young witch um, determined to find a man to love her. Um, she's got like a gothic Victorian apartment. She makes spells and potions, picks up men, seduces them, sometimes does bad things to them. Um so basically, she ends up with like a, <laughs> a string of victims. Um, she finally meets the man of her dreams, which is what she's looking for. Um, so it's basically it's a pastiche of like 60s and 70s cinema in a way. In a way, it's very self-aware. Um, it talks a lot about what men and women want. Um, men just spend m- most of the time during this film disappointing her and it doesn't end well for them. Um Samantha Robinson's delivery of dialogue is very funny, um, <laughs> quite stilted in places, like intentionally done. Um, and I did pick out a few quotes from it that I did find really funny because it is it is just very much just, oh, it's just hilarious. You've just got to watch it to, and enjoy. <laughs> um, have you seen it, by the way? No. Okay, cool. I've seen the screenshots from it because yeah. it has that very grainy, yeah. um, like, 70s is yeah. it 70s styled yeah proper, properly 60s like late 60s early 70s style yeah yeah, yeah. really bright colors um sort of pastely colors yeah it's mm. it's um yeah but anyway so we've got some quotes um so what genre would you say oh like maybe like a romantic horror exploitation mm. uh, so I, i've not seen so one thing i did write down here is that mm. i've not seen anyone describe it as exploitation so Maybe maybe people out there that have seen it, when they hear me say that it reminds me a little bit of exploitation cinema, they'll get what I mean. When I talk about mm. that, I don't mean like it's it's super gory or there's there's lots of violence. Like it's not about that. It's just the the, the feeling of it. It feels like a like a B movie in some ways, but it's not. It's it's beautifully done. Um, but That's really th- hard to achieve as well. Yeah, it, yeah, and, and she did it all of it, all herself. It's just, yeah. I'm just gonna, just so gonna do it all. Um, so yeah, uh, so yeah, so there's some, there's some hilarious. You, you get the vibe of what, what it is. Um, like there's some quotes here, like um, men are like children. They're very easy to please as long as we give them what they want. Um, and then it's like a conversation between the two of them. It's in the trailer, I think. So it's like, what about what we want? Um, how are we going to be equals with men if we keep catering to all their needs? I think if you want love, you have to give love. Giving men sex is a way of unlocking their love potential. You sound like you've been brainwashed by the patriarchy. Um, <laughs> it's very, very funny um, in that way. So it's quite um, like maybe tongue in cheek. Um, mm. Someone described this the way I'm describing it. And Anna Biller in an interview kind of said like, well, actually like, no, it's, I was actually going for like a Hitchcockian vibe. <laughs> and so I don't know whether she was joking or not. But anyway, this is... Just yeah. it's quite fun. Um, I would really recommend it. Um, yeah, just good film. It's on my list. Okay, I feel sold on that one. Good. That's the idea. <laughs> <laughs> What's your? Uh, I think we've got two left each. Yeah. Right. Go for it. So I've I've written and spoken about this film before, but I really wanted to highlight it because I think it is a massively underseen film. Um, it's called Rocks. Yeah. As in rocks that you throw. And um, it's directed by Sarah Gavron and it's written by Teresa Icoco and Claire Wilson. 
and it came out in 2019. It stars Bucky Backray and Kosa Ali, and it's actually a bit of an ensemble cast, but it does finish uh, does follow sorry Bucky Backray's um, character. And the really interesting thing about this film is that it's part improvised, so it's it's not a documentary, but it follows the story of this young Nigerian British girl who's at the start of the film her mother basically leaves a note and say says that she's she's going for a while she doesn't give a timeline she doesn't say where she's going she just leaves this young teenage girl with her younger brother who must I don't know how old he is maybe three or four so she's just stuck in the middle of London with this you know toddler to look after basically on her, her own and it's about how she deals with that first of all and how she she manages to hide that from a lot of people um, but also about the group of friends around her who become her family um, in a really challenging situation. And yeah, so essentially it's about a young carer and the, the people around her are sort of disappearing um, out of control. Um, so we really sympathise with the main character. It's got lots of authentic friendships in it and at the same time, as well as it being, you know, like a desperate situation, it's also got quite a lot of hope in it as well, at, especially at the end. Um, there are some amazing, just stunning shots of London, shot from the perspective of someone that is in a community, you know, on, on the outskirts looking into London. So there's a shot of them at the top of a, a tower block of apartments, sort of looking over... I think it must be Canary Wharf or one of those areas, you know, where there's yeah. lots of people in banking or whatever. Yeah. And you can you can almost like see the divide. But it's just absolutely beautiful. And I can't recommend it enough. It's it's so well done. It I think that Bucky Backray is an absolute star and I hope that she gets or she has been or she's involved with other projects because she was absolutely amazing in it. Lovely. That sounds that sounds really really good. She's so she's just in she's in a film called The Strays, which is I think that's the one that's just come on Netflix now. Um, Bucky Backray. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. So she's just um, yeah. So that's that's had some strange reviews. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So that but that sounds great. I um I, I have seen so that it's one of those films where when I see the front cover, I've seen it loads of times. I'm like I need I, <laughs> I do need to watch it. Um, yeah. so yeah that sounds really interesting um, I'm gonna it's 94 minutes as I see all these perfectly length film, <laughs> films you're gonna sit there and you're gonna watch 2 hour and 20 yeah. minutes of Glass Onion which is just it's not the one I have to say as well about this just before we, we move on to our oh no you need to do your number 2 but our number 1's um, it, it was filmed on a really small budget um, non-actors were cast and most of the pre-production was actually just talking to young girls, trying to understand their experiences. And I thought it was really, really good as well that the crew was 75% female. And Sarah Gavon, the director, said that we wanted to get the girls to look behind the camera and see themselves in 10 years' time and think, I could be a writer, I could be a producer, I could be a camera person. So she was really conscious of the environment, of the storytelling and telling them that they were the storytellers so really giving ownership to well people watching but people in the cast and crew as well so I think that this the story itself is excellent but it goes beyond that as well 
Yeah, that's such a powerful thing, isn't it? Like the fact that she's taking that into consideration. 73% of 75. the cast. 75%, 75% of, wow. the crew. Of, the of the crew. Of the crew, yeah. That's uh, that's impressive. Mm. Yeah, no, thank you. Uh, that's So that's, yeah, that's, it's not, it's not currently streaming on, on places, but I have seen it come on and off streaming it sites. It was on Netflix mm. a couple of years ago. But yeah. it was worth seeking out, and, you know, renting. £3.49. Whatever it is. Yeah. £3.49. Come on. It's less than a cup of coffee nowadays. Um, well, probably not if you're listening in about, I don't know, three months' time. Yeah. We've had our annual budget. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, right. So we've got two more films to talk about. What am I going to do, though? Right. This is what I'm going to do. So mm. number two, then. But it's not in any particular order, so I don't know why I keep doing this. Stop it. Mm. Um, we are going to go for Cleo from five to seven. Okay. Um, 1962. <laughs> Directed by the legend that is Agnes Varda. So, have you got this on your list or have you seen it? Um, I've seen it. It's not on my list because it's um, non-English language. Yes, but okay. But I'm really yep. glad that we've got some Varda representation. <laughs> Good, yeah. Imagine between us, yeah. yeah. Um, I've got, yeah. So, my, my, my next film is non-English language as well, which is... Okay. Which I've, I've, I didn't... T- on purpose save them till last but there we go yeah. they're last <laughs> anyway so this film follows a young singer um florence victoire and she's called cleo as a stage name um as she waits to hear the results of a medical test that will she thinks it's going to confirm a diagnosis of cancer um so this is a it's, it's such an interesting film so it's filmed in an almost documentary style um we essentially spend the film with cleo as she is trying to come to terms with what's happening to her um through the people she's meeting her friends um she doesn't get the emotional support that she needs from the people around her so the whenever she's trying to talk about these things they keep dismissing her um there are some really interesting things done in the film with the camera um it it just doesn't stop moving the camera is is on the go throughout the film um really interesting um it's a I would I would call it probably a slice of life slice of life type film. It's like a study of humans in a way, um, and it's a. I think this is a good example of a film where even if you if you just put it on, you would know it was directed by a woman um, in just the way the the dialogue is written. Um, there's it's yeah it's again we covered this on episode thirty one. Um, so if you want to go back, we, it, was a, it was a full French episode. Um, this was the episode where we actually interviewed Tanya Lam. So it was our first ever guest. Um, we interviewed her after she was piled on by social media for her three-star review of The Batman. So, yeah, um, when women say bad things about superhero films, yeah, people uh, start Ooh, threatening them. Go well, is it? No, it's not. Because um, you... you insulting my capes um so yeah so uh that's a really i would say it's a really interesting episode and actually yeah does the link to this because um yeah again it's another it's another example of that so yeah cleo from five to seven again just rentable from for about three pounds 49 um and it's it's great like it's yeah it's just a good slice of life film it is a must see yeah it had to be on this list <laughs> okay are you gonna tell us about maybe Oh no! Actually, no. What? So you've kept it all English language. So your number yeah. one isn't the number one I thought it was going to be. God. Oh my god! I wonder what you think I I've was going to get. Dropped go the ball big time. I th- I thought you were going to go with Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Okay. Which I didn't go for. Um, <laughs> we both had the same idea. Yeah. Because okay. I feel like that's such an obvious choice, isn't it? But is it obvious for everyone? As you mentioned earlier. No, I know, but yeah, yeah like I was going to say, it's probably worth talking about. 
still. I've got I've got a notable mentions list. Oh, me um, too. I had notable mentions. Look, and I didn't even. I, so the one thing I was a terrible brief. Um, <laughs> I didn't brief Claire on notable mentions list because I forgot. Um, oh, but I did it anyway. <laughs> but you <laughs> great. You're great at homework. Um, right. Okay. Cool. So we've got a notable mentions list each. That's great. So. In, in that case, I've got no idea what your number one's going to be. Imagine if it's the same number one as me. It can't do be. Do you want cause... me to do my notable mentions first? Or after? Um, oh, I don't know. Shall we, shall we both do our notable mentions first? And we can quickly yeah. talk about our notable mentions. Because I've, yeah. I've got quite a few notable mentions here. Right, go on. Go for your notable mentions and we'll we'll, we'll crack on. Okay. Um, Julie and Julia. I think it's an underrated Nora Ephron film. I had to put Portrait on there, but then after this... Um, when I got to my final five, I, like I said, I decided I was just going to separate them as a way of, um, you know, bringing down the numbers on my list. Um, so that's on there. So is Daisies. So is Booksmart, which I have spoken about at quite l- some length and written about before. It's on my it's- list. <laughs> um, I could probably talk about that for hours, but to be honest, that film. Um, Leave No Trace, The Farewell, Cleo from Five to Seven, and... The one I almost put in was Coda, but I decided not to in the end. Okay. So, <laughs> minor over mentions. Um, so, I have got women talking on here. Um, I haven't seen that yet. Oh, God. I watched it's it last week. Awesome. It's unbelievable. I watched it last week. Um, it is It's a, based loosely on a true story. So, it's a 2022 film by Sarah Polly. I will talk, quickly talk about this one, actually, because it's, okay, it's important. Um, <laughs> it's an interpretation of a novel. Um, it's... Uh, yeah, like I say, loosely based on a true story about women in a Mennonite colony um, who were raped persistently by the men in the community while they slept. Um, so the attacks, oh the, they basically the attacks the colonists, they blamed it on Satan or hallucinations because it's like an extremely like religious um, like colony. And so the women decide to band together. Can I ask a question quickly? Go for it. Is that all uh, the bit about the the background of that that mm-hmm. you just said is rape shown on screen or you just do just learn about it through dialogue and people recounting it um so do you know what that's there is a question here in a minute that we're going to touch upon okay. um that says um what difference do you think there is between triple f movies and male dominated ones so mm-hmm. um believe it or not no there isn't it's not shown on screen it's very much a you you've, you absolutely know what's happened and it's done really cleverly um, and yeah, so you, you kind of get little anecdotes towards it, um, small little f- flashbacks of certain things, but not enough to, so no, it's, there's no, nothing like that. There's no violence on screen. Um, yeah. even though it, it kind of tells us that there is absolutely violence against the women. Um, it's again, like so many one-liners, like so many really mm. poignant one-liners that I would love to write down and then just quote from time to time in situations <laughs> <It's>, it's, <laughs> did you like take notes as you're watching <laughs> I could, no 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 it was, i couldn't it, it was it was do you know what i, I can't wait for it to because it's i mean it's it's a shame because these kinds of films because they're smaller mm. um they will just go in and out of the cinema because ant-man's playing on 55 screens um <laughs> so, so did you see it at your local cinema then i saw it at a like an independent cinema uh the red carpet cinema in I don't know where it is because <laughs> it's outside Litchfield in Birmingham. So, okay. um, yeah. I think we should give our local cinemas a shout out, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, let's <laughs> do that. And their programmers. Let's do that at the end. And their programmers. Okay. Um, cool. So I've also got here um, The Nightingale, which is The Nightingale from 2018. Oh, my God. Directed by is Jennifer Kent. Is that on your honourable mentions list? Yeah. Oh, 
Okay. Yeah. It's uh, it's crazy. It's a crazy film. Jennifer, I love Jennifer Kent. Um, I, I, I really love The Babadook as well. I put The Nightingale on there because I think when I watched it, it probably like horrified me. Um, it's, yeah. it's, yeah, it's a revenge film um, and it's not for the faint of heart. So please do not watch it if you... I couldn't deal with it. No, I, I'm, not, I'm not surprised. I There's mean, viol- I finished it. But... Did you? Well done. Oh, God. Yeah. It's... I'm never again. It's It needs to come with a trigger warning. Like there is a lot of sexual violence and violence against minors for anyone listening. There is there's a crazy violent against minor scene. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's a... Uh, oh, God, it's, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, anyway, so then I've got Promising Young Women on the list by uh, directed by Emerald Fennell. Um, oh, I would have put that on mine as well, actually. I'm stealing that one. You're going to put it on? You put it on. Yeah, there we yeah. go. We've both got... We've now both got on our virtual lists Promising Young Women. Yeah. Um, that's a banger. Uh, <laughs> and then I've got Nomadland on there as well. But I also have right. Clueless and Booksmart on there, but we're not going to talk about them because you've already done it. Okay. Cool. Right. So for your grand grand reveal of your number mm. one, which is now I've got no idea what it's going to be. Um, go for it, Claire. Okay. I'm I'm surprised that you don't know what it's going to be because I feel, I don't know if it's just me or being conscious about it or if I, do you know what I mean? I'm not, I don't know if it's in my head that I talk about this film all the time or if I actually do. But anyway, it's a film called Skate Kitchen. Have you ah, seen about this before? Yes, yes, I have, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a good number one. It's a good number one. I adore this film. I can't praise it enough. I'm upset that not as many people love it as I do. Like, I feel so attached to it. Um, so it's it's a film called Skate Kitchen. It's directed and written by Crystal Mosell. And it stars Rachel Vinberg, Didi Lovelace, and Nina Moran. And it came out in 2018. It showed at Film Bath Festival, actually. Um, and it portrays a fictional family or a version of family in the shape of a, a group of female skateboarders. And it's one of my favourite films. I think it's one of the best films of the last decade. Um, it's fictional, but it's kind of like rocks actually it was produced very much in the documentary style so it portrays a young woman in a very male dominated space of skateboarding and it just beautifully depicts I think how the main character Camille uses skating as a um as a way to liberate herself from everyday life and it's just I so I was a a, a, I guess a girl skater or just a skater wasn't very good at it but I just enjoyed it and I enjoyed being around that group of people so I think that's why I'm attached to it and I'm just interested in those sorts of like countercultures anyway but I there's something about the film the storyline the the nature of sisterhood that's in it but also that attachment to something which is just hers that I just Oh, I just I just love it. And I think that skating is something that people were willing to praise like a couple of years ago when skating got added to the um, Olympics. But then when people see skaters in, in real life, they're like, oh, like almost like people, skaters are like, oh, dirty you people. Dirty Grebo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And skating is one of the things that actually is really accessible to the working classes because you don't need a lot of equipment. You just need your deck. It's not like, you know, skiing where you've got to like fly abroad and you need all this kit and you need a ski pass. You can just pick it up and you can go. And it's like the ultimate escape. I've never thought of it like I've never thought of it like that before. That it's that it's just accessible to the working class because it is. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, yeah, and you can, some people, you know, can finish using a board and then lend it to someone else and you can swap over your bearings and all your wheels or whatever. Yeah. So I just think it shows skating as an art form, as a freedom. It shows, it does show how hard it can be to accept it in a male-dominated space as well. But once she finds that group of friends, it, it like, turns her life around. And I love the way it's shot as well. The cinematography is awesome. The um, composer um, is female as well. So it's very, very female, um, very female, um, right up my alley. Might not be for everybody, but I think more people should watch it. How perfectly (laughs) described. Uh, Yeah. Um, no, that's that's it's 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 weird because it follows it's like that alternative culture, isn't it? Like that's one of the way, like one of the main ways we we actually got chatting was through like music and stuff like that because you yeah. we're kind of both into the same music. Um, like I'm obviously still a child in my <laughs> pop punk phase at thirty four, um, but uh, yeah, it's it's that it's acceptance, isn't it? It's like camaraderie mm-hmm. and stuff, and like like you said, mentioned like sisterhood. It's it's uh, yeah. yeah nothing nothing like it um <laughs> i have to say though they did do a spin-off tv show and which i was really excited about but it just doesn't have the same kick to it right um so stay away maybe from the tv show if you love if you love it then great but yeah i think the standalone film is um is the one just way better yeah okay then in no, partic- <laughs> in no particular <laughs> order, my number one film. <laughs> um, genuinely in no particular order. Um, right then, so we've gone for um, A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night um, from 2014, written and directed by Anna Lily Amirpour um, in another uh, full-length feature debut. Um, so this is about the fictional... Um, town, well, it's obviously a city, isn't it? Because it's called Bad City. Uh, it's in an Ara- it's in it's an Iranian film, so it's in the Iranian ghost town um, of Bad City, um, a place where we, there's lots of uh, death, loneliness. Uh, the townspeople are unaware that they're being stalked by a lonesome vampire. Um, <laughs> so this is shot in black and white. Um, it's oh god, I, lo- I love it. Um, so lots of bad things going on in this fictional town. So there's like drugs, sex trafficking loads of abusive men um we see so i think one of the things that is great about this it's there's a lot of like allegorical kind of messaging in the film um so there's like a lot we see an absence of like law enforcement for example so there's like no police but there's loads of bad we keep seeing all the bad stuff going on but there's no no law enforcement no police um i think that's like an allegory for like how women in the film are essentially like abused abused and like forced into prostitution rings by the men with no one to protect them Mm. Uh, the when the way like men take advantage of women um and the law not intervening um no one's there to protect them etc etc hence the the title of the film so in this we see sheila band who plays the girl um she's not got a name her name's just the girl she only kills men the men that we see who are doing bad things um it shows the men doing bad things then she does the bad things to the men it's yeah so it's, it's really beautifully shot um the way it's framed the main character wears a like a, a just a, like a white t-shirt with like black stripes which i think should be way more iconic than than it actually <laughs> is and she skateboards so anna liliamapur said that she kind of was watching cobra lots of cobra and cat videos in order to kind of show the the how how the vampire would would uh like kill their prey um it's it's a really interesting film like i i love it um and it's uh yeah definitely worth seeking out but again it's a 
that think that people were quoting it as um like the first ever it's the well it is it is the first ever Iranian vampire movie. I think that you um are really into revenge films, I'm sensing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't know this. I didn't so I didn't even uh sensing a pattern. <laughs> yeah. That was that was completely um yeah, whoops, accident. Um yeah, so there we go then. It's that but it's a great pick, yeah. You've seen this one, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's yeah, I love it. Right. <laughs> so that's it then. Uh hopefully not an anticlimax for everyone. Um but we have got a few questions as always before we end the pod. So let me go then. So uh Kim's dot cinema dot escape writes in. It's funny because she's actually gonna be my next guest on the pod. Yeah, um I'll what... send a question in for her. <laughs> do it, do it, yeah. Okay, so um what difference do you think there is between triple F movies and male dominated ones? Um Claire, would you like to start off? Would you want me to start off? I'm I'm more than happy. Um... I'll start off if you like. Go for it. Okay, so I think there are two strands to my answer to this question. Because there's what happens behind the scenes in the film when they're triple F rated, and there's what happens in the actual film itself and the content of it. So when there is... I'm looking at... Well, I looked at data recently um, about, well, the industry and the like current state of... Um, gender equality and equity in it yeah. and the data from the last bit of research that was done for the top grossing films in 2023 no sorry 2022 said that films with at least one woman director employed substantially more women in other key behind the scene roles would be present as well and so for example the actual statistics are on films with at least one woman director Women comprised 53% of writers, 39% of editors, 19% of cinematographers, and 18% of composers. And where you look at the difference between films that have one male director, it's it's vastly different. So in 2022, just to give you like an idea of comparison, 93% of the top 250 films had no women photographers. Uh, sorry, cinematographers. 91% had no women composers. 80% had no women directors. 70, 75% had no women editors. And 70% had no women writers. So essentially, when you've got at least a female director, just one female director um, on board, you will find that the crew diversifies. And actually... We're talking about gender, but I think it's really important that we think about the intersectional element of that as well. You will often find that female-directed films are also inclusive of other groups in society as well. Um, So I think that's really important to note. And then I think in terms of the actual content of the film, um, it's it's all to do with representation, isn't it? And um, seeing stories which more accurately, accurately represent reality for women and our experiences um which men can't possibly understand because they're not living it <laughs> no <clears throat> um yeah i so yeah i've i've strangely i've spoken <laughs> more about um i guess so, so one of the things that i did that i've i have kind of seen a lot of is when there's a female director you generally see better working conditions um yeah. as well so um but it's it's sad that it's women that are having to give other women jobs you know um yeah 
So um, I have just got here that basically um, the the main the main difference when there is a woman behind the camera um, is that the way we're shown relationships um, I feel like a completely different like the tenderness in which and how and and how women can show relationships. Um, I'm not saying men can't, mm. but there, there's obviously just certain elements that both men and women do differently. Like um, yeah. I I gravitate nowadays more and more towards female directed films because. Grew up my whole my whole life was spent growing up watching male directed films um, mm. because there wasn't as many female directors, um, not as many women getting jobs, um, and not to categorize men in that like just one way because mm. obviously there are men out there that can show tenderness like yeah. Cullen Barade in in The Quiet Girl is one of the a really good example of that and Nicholas Rogue is. Um, from don't look don't look now his uh, the most iconic sex scene ever directed <laughs> you know it can be done but at the same time like if it's it's nice to see something compl- like women show things completely differently um and it's just nice to see that why are we still yeah like saturated so yeah that for me that's i think that's only yeah the... i agree i think that and again like obviously that data that i provided or read out was it can be crass because it's just statistics and that was also for the top rated no sorry top grossing films um so when you start looking at the films that are grossing less money at the box office the statistics are gonna completely change so it is generalizing but when you, you do need statistics to be able to get those headline figures um but i think generally when i watch films directed by women i just feel just more nuanced towards um, Agree. Yeah. All characters, and like you say, the relationships between them. Yeah, um, yeah, agree. And and you mentioned about the statistics and stuff. It's, it's still, we're still seeing kind of. Um, it's it's still not the same, is it? Because you've you've got stuff like um, the Woman King that just mm. was. It's not even been recognised really for for that many awards. Yeah. Um, we've got um, Till. Is it Till that's just come out? Till. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, like it was in and out of the cinema, like really quickly um and don't worry darling which which got hmm. basically and I, and I will touch upon that quickly like again for the third episode in a row it got critically panned really unfairly and it's actually a, a extremely oh, circus wasn't it it was ridiculous like a fantastically yeah. well-directed film um and we're we're just just because um Please remind me of the director's name. It's like completely... Oh, Olivia Wilde. Cool. Just because Olivia Wilde was having a rela- relationship with Harry Styles, just like James Cameron has done in the past with many, many of his, his co-stars. No one no one even remembers any of this. Because Olivia Wilde's having a relationship with uh, Harry Styles, um, she's getting completely torn to pieces. Of ev- It's getting yeah. scrutinised to the nth degree. And that just wouldn't happen if it was a male directing yeah, that film completely different treatment. and the film's been destroyed because of it like and it's such and by the way i'll say for a third episode again it's great so go and see it it's, it's really good it. it's great it's, it's really me me I, and john love I'm it sure it is yeah. i need to see it but i to be honest i was kind of waiting for everything to die down because i didn't want it to be you know tarnished by all of that it's beautifully directed um mm. harry styles's performance is questionable at best it's in fact it's not questionable it's horrific um basically the someone yeah whoever his acting coach is has basically said to him like the louder you shout really good agent though mind oh god he has yeah yeah the louder you shout the better your acting is and so that's that's kind of what he's done um i i I would honestly recommend it's so good like um i I really do want to watch it yeah yeah it's great 
It's just it's such a shame. Yes, it's, it's such a shame. And people say like it's, I don't I don't think it's going to affect the work that Olivia Wilde gets because she's I think people out there with a brain will have seen that she's done book smart and and mm. again she's two for two for me like it, it's funny because you've you've we have the someone like maybe Jordan Peele who's mm. I think very very hit or miss at this stage um and no one wants to still tell us about Olivia Wilde and that she has actually made like two really solid films minus all the controversy so maybe I reckon in a few years time people will go back on that and be like damn that's really good what what the hell happened um so yeah Anyway, um, I have banged on about that enough, probably. Um, <laughs> That's a good question. Thanks, Kim. <laughs> it was a really good question. Yeah, right. Um, so I'm going to finish on... Right. So we've got two questions left. So Film Forager writes in and says, I feel like women directors from the 90s are forgotten about. Sorry, I'm sure you weren't that aggressive. Let's start again. <laughs> I feel like women directors from the 90s are forgotten about. Name some of your favourites. So Claire, do you have some favourites favorite directors from the 90s that maybe people have forgotten about okay so jane campion yeah i mean i don't think she's been forgotten about she recently got an oscar for best director <laughs> um i've mentioned um amy heckling and clueless so we've kind of you know yeah discussed that already um nora efron um she passed away in i think it was 2012 but i think her legacy lives on yeah. Well, through all of her work on the genre, um, I mentioned Julia and Julia in my honourable mentions, and I know that's probably not her, her maybe not her best film according to many people, but I that's one of my favourites personally. And then Sofia Coppola. Do you say Coppola or Coppola? Uh, I say Coppola. Coppola. And a t- tomato, tomato, isn't it? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so I know the Virgin Suicides was from the 90s which is what was asked in the question but then her career has continued since then so many people probably think that she peaked with uh lost in translation but she's still going strong isn't she she is uh yeah as is um, claire denis yeah, yeah. Still, still she released a film last year i believe um i'd maybe put uh lynn ramsey on the list yeah let's um, put her on yeah Lynn Ramsey's great, um, <laughs> but I think yeah, you've you've kind of hit the ones that I was was thinking about. Catherine um, Bigelow is that nineties? Catherine Bigelow, she is nineties. However, I don't think Catherine Catherine Bigelow has released anything since I want to say The Hurt Locker. That sound that feels like ages ago. Am yeah, I am does. I completely wrong? Maybe she was like, I've done it, guys. Bye. Com- com- completed it, mate. Um, yeah. she, wasn't she the first fem- first female director to ever win Best Picture? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right, so she made history. She's done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I would, I would also, I'd be done as well. Yeah, to be fair. Yeah. Um, I don't need to work anymore. Uh, no, she did Detroit. So um, yeah, twenty seventeen, she, she did Detroit. Yeah. So so she's still working. Yeah, she's she's still, she's still working. She, she also can, pick and choose whatever the hell she wants anyway. Zero Dark Thirty. I never saw that. Um, neither did I. But she, it's it's again supposedly a banger. She's again fantastic action director. Um, mm. So she was going from Point Break. Um, oh which was 1991. I like it, but uh, Keanu Reeves' performance is absurd. <laughs> Ab- absolutely absurd. By absurd, do you mean good? Or? Absolutely <laughs> terrible. I don't, I'll be honest, I, I love Keanu Reeves. <laughs> That's I, what he does best though, isn't it? <laughs> his best performance is The Matrix because... He's just acting like he's got no idea what's going on, and that's basically perfect. 
yeah, he's. I, oh, I, I love him. He's not a good actor. <laughs> he's not. A good, but but. Yeah, but he's a good person. <laughs> he is. He's a good person, and I really like him. And I will, I will watch mm-hmm. any film with him in. But he's not a good actor. How are you mm-hmm. getting work, Keanu? Tell me. Um, <laughs> right. Anyway, we've got one last question. Sorry, film forager. Um, um, you feel like. Yeah, there's 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 nineties directors that are still cracking on. Yeah, Sofia Coppola's churning the films out. Um, I think we've highlighted a few now, haven't we? Yeah, that's yeah, we're good. Um, right then, so we're going to end with um, Kate reviews films, um, and she writes in and she says, "Do things like the Bechdel test slash triple F work? What more can be done to champion women?" Um, so I think we should separate the Bechdel test and triple F because I think the yeah. Bechdel test, in my opinion, is quite naff and it's, it, it's the bar's pretty low, right? If the bar's it's it's a pretty low bar. If we've got to say that the Bechdel test is, it must feature at least a film must a film must feature at least two women. <laughs> These women must talk to each other and their conversation must concern something other than a man. So yeah, so it's outdated now, isn't it? Yeah, which is good. It's not really right? much of a test. But I guess, I guess, does, does that show that we yeah. have moved along? Because that was a quite important test, wasn't it? Yeah, um, I think maybe we've surpassed that bar now. Which is great. Yeah. I think with the the triple F rating, I th- I think it's such a good idea because people can use it almost as, as a badge for their programming and their events and their film programs. So, and their festivals, and there are like a growing amount of people that recognize it i mean it's like a tag on imdb yeah um i think most independent cinemas um in the uk at least will will know what the f rating is it got a lot of press at the time of it being created and i think it just continues to grow so it's one of those things if if just like a small group of people know about it then obviously it's not going to do as much work as it could do if you know it goes further I thought it was interesting actually when I actually it's interesting that Kate asked this question because Kate came up with the initial idea for International Women's Day um like the film event that we're doing tomorrow so we were sort of trying to come up with an idea what we're going to do this year because we normally look at the theme for International Women's Day take that and apply it to the film industry yeah um and she was like why don't we do triple f rated films so we sort of um ran with that idea because the theme is embrace equity and it seemed like a really good opportunity to talk about it but then when i started posting about it and talking to people about it lots of film fans don't or didn't on instagram at least know what the f rating was or what I, i'll be honest i i didn't yeah so i no. think there's one thing the fans knowing about it, or film lovers, whatever you want to call yourselves, um, if they know about it, they can be conscious of it or not. I think, so one of the things that I'm really interested, as I said at the start, was is about curation and programming. And I think if you're looking at the, the whole process of a film, from production through to marketing, through to the exhibition of a film, those people at the end who are choosing, okay, what are we going to show at our cinema or what are we going to show at our event, what are we going to show at our festival? If they've got this idea of what the F rating is and they've got the parameters for it and they can say to audiences, these films are F rated, I think that's a really good thing just to know that it exists, that they can mark their programme with it 
I don't really like the word label because it makes it sound like it's like slapped on so that they're meeting like a quota or something. That's yeah. not what it is. It's it's actively thinking, are we being representative of the viewing population? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And yeah. Does that makes sense. Yeah, no, no, it's um, <laughs> articulated it far better than I ever could have I ever could have done it. Um and then what more can be done to champion women? Um I'll tell you something. I really, I've got a really good go one. For it. Yeah. Go go and see go to the cinema and watch their films. Go to go with your bottoms. Yeah, and stop and stop <laughs> and maybe yeah, and maybe don't maybe don't go and see Ant-Man 3 times. Mm. maybe don't do that because that's generally i'm so passionate about this um because i do care about cinema a lot so um (laughs) yeah maybe don't go and see ant-man three times like go see it once that's all good um and then instead of the other two times uh probably go and see women talking twice you know Mm. because it's it's that good and it's i promise you um it yeah it's so i for in that in that regard like we need to keep talking about it and obviously yes as, as as a podcast we'll we'll continue to do exactly this um yeah. well that's what we'll do anyway that's what we'll commit to and we have been doing for the two years that we've been releasing episodes um any anything um, from you yeah i would say like thinking about cinemas and like again the exhibition side of things first of all if you live somewhere where you've only got like a big multiplex where like you said um, Ant going to be playing like 20 times a day across seven screens or whatever I've found when I go to the nearest one to me if you speak to the manager <laughs> uh, excuse, the excuse me can I speak I want to speak to the manager but like <laughs> if you go down there a lot and you get to know the staff and yeah. you like happen to speak to the manager because they're normally always there yeah um, <laughs> um they're normally actually quite amenable people right and if you sort of give them the feedback like oh I really love that you've programmed this like I really love that you're showing this here I think that can go some way because you don't know who the area manager is or who's in charge of that so I think first of all try and have the conversations with those people because they might have some influence over what gets shown second of all if you have independent cinemas near you please support them there will be a small maybe just one person a lot of time um, team of people or a person working really hard to put on a program that they think people are going to love so yeah please go and see films and I like obviously we're talking about women in film but just go and see a re- range of film like go and see something that you don't even know anything about um, and then so there's I guess the multiplexes the independence but also community cinema so I've got quite a few friends that work in community cinema so it might not be in in a venue that is a cinema it might just be like in a town hall or um like a village hall or like an unconventional venue yeah um they will often be thinking really carefully about different um groups within their community and how they can serve them rather than just thinking about um like you've said about blockbusters so i would really really say that there's people that really care about film out there who are you know putting their spare time extra time into putting on films for for film lovers so support them in it and also normally those tickets are quite quite cheap oh. so you can save money as well yeah the mockingbird cinema in birmingham five pound 95 monday to thursday there you go what are you doing with your life yeah there's a i give a shout out to lorena who puts on film at the Town Hall in Trowbridge in Wiltshire, which is a county town. 
and she just puts so much love and care into every single screening that she puts on. Um, I've worked with her for a while since doing some stuff with her in Bristol, but so I went to one of her screenings, The Children of Las Brisas, and um, which is a film about the Venezuelan children who were learning to play classical music. Um, anyway, I won't talk about the film, but basically she put on this film screening for the local community. When you went in, there was this table and it was laid out with Venezuelan food, so you like instantly like in that sort Love of that. mood. You went in and there was a um, small group of children from the local school playing like I think it was like violin, cello, just playing you as you walked into the screening. It was so just wonderful. It was just such a joyous thing to be a part of. You don't get that if you go to a multi-screen cinema. No, it's, yeah. it's generally a cold, like, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. like you get aircon and you get people munching really loudly next to you, really yeah, stinky talk, nachos. Yeah, talking, yeah, uh, well. Mobile phones. And you pay 25 quid. Yeah. So. So, yeah, I'm really passionate about it. Please, yeah, you support your community and your... Yeah, community. I can tell and it comes through and <laughs> thank you. Uh, that's, that's yeah, it's great and I'm, uh, I feel the same. <laughs> Right, I think I think we're about done. Have we scared you off? Or go get you live on air saying it. Have we scared you off for last time, a next time for next time? Well, um, since you've got such a, a thing for revenge films, like I don't want to know you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're going to do if you uh, say no. <laughs> absolutely, no, no, absolutely nothing. Um, <laughs> no, it's been really fun. It's been good. Just thanks for the opportunity, obviously, to talk about these films. It's really nice to have like an audio version of what i post about um normally just text or yeah copy. um well thanks for letting yeah. thanks for letting us it's not this <laughs> this wouldn't if if people like you don't don't like literally donate your time to to mm. do this um then then it doesn't happen i guess and you i guess yeah i would i would have i was planning on maybe coming on <laughs> on my own and just being like yeah, yeah that's what i was gonna do that was that was my uh happy international women's day everyone <laughs> Uh, yeah. Hope you're a woman. Uh, yeah, it would have been a bit sad, wouldn't it? Um, so I'd have been talking about all my revenge films, and I wouldn't have even noticed there were revenge because I've got no one pointing it out. Um, so yeah, um, right, Claire. So where where can everyone find you? Um, where can they find your work? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I first of all, I'll give a big plug to Film Bath. If you're in the UK, or even if you're not, um, we just had our first program meeting for the year, which is really exciting. So. The festival will be taking place in the last week of October. Please come along, buy some tickets to your local film festival. So there's that. Um, I'll, I'll be running around the screenings, hopefully, when they're actually happening. <laughs> um, you can read my writing. So I do a mixture of reviews, features, listicle-type things on my website, which is missonsen.co.uk, and that's M-I-S-S. So it's a pun, not mise on then, like the, the film term. Yep, clever. Uh, <laughs> and I'm on Instagram and Twitter as Miss on Send Film. Miss on Send Film. Miss on Send Film. At yeah. Miss on Send Film. And I'm pretty active on Instagram. I do neglect Twitter. I find it's a bit of a depressing place to be. Oh, God, cesspit. Everyone's <laughs> yeah. so angry. Um, Instagram's really fun, yeah. and you. I think it's easier to to find your people there, and I really enjoy you know, discussing film with all the people there. And I've met some amazing filmmakers and, you know, just people like you. So that's where you can find me. 
um, if you are listening to this and you're a filmmaker or you're just actually if you're a film fan and you want to write about film I do have a guest posts area on my website so I'm always taking submissions I'm afraid I can't pay you um, I don't have any advertising on my site so I don't get money from it so there's no money involved at all but if you just want a space online to put your writing um, just drop me an email love it <laughs> well then so that's it starts it from us um <laughs> as always you can go and uh you can find us on you can find it well if you have found us already you know where you found us um but we're on spotify what really does help is if you go on spotify go on itunes and rate us five stars as you know we only <laughs> accept five stars and anything less we'll delete it um we don't want your opinions unless they're five star opinions thank you so much and um, you can find me at movies in a pod shell um and thank you so much this is going out on international women's day so uh Woo-woo. yeah absolutely brilliant see you later Ha, ha, ha.